Good morning, church. Let's stand. It's so good to see all of your faces. You guys look beautiful today. Well, it's a special day in the house of the Lord. We're consecrating ourselves for service, for purification, for growth in the Lord this month. And we're starting that today. So we have a special communion service. And um, we're going to just open up our hearts, the expression of our bodies, our voices, our minds, our spirits to the Lord this morning. We're going to start with, with worship. All of this is worship, honestly, to the Lord. But we're going to remember him. Thank you, Lord. We have so much to be grateful for if you just take take a moment stir in your spirit father god i'm thankful for you and this is why thank you lord we're grateful people we're a grateful house no matter what situation we find ourselves in father god we're thankful We're thankful that you take us from glory to glory, that you love us too much to leave us as we are. And you love us enough to say that we belong in your house. There's a place for us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this new year, for this new week, for this new morning. and created from dust. Never be 
Spirit, fire, wind, water, cleanse us, set us on fire for you, God. Give us a new passion for the things of your kingdom. Rearrange our priorities. Rearrange our mindsets and our thoughts, Father God, to flow from your heart of love. Holy Spirit, that's what you do best. Give us truth. And give us truth for us today, revelations for our own spirit, mind, body, soul. Father God, we lift up our will to you. And that's when we're going to see change, God. 
Fill me with the Holy Ghost. 
Oh 
Shekinah glory come Dwell in us, Lord Dwell in us, we make room for you Stay in 
Is that your cry this morning? Do you want the Lord to have not just your Sunday morning, but your heart, which affects everything you do? You know, that's what the Lord's desire is. You can be seated. You know, it's interesting as we came to service this morning, and my wife and I got here a little early, and I was sitting in my office, and I didn't know what I was going to share with you as far as for the exhortation, and the Lord directed me to the book of James. In James chapter 4, verse 8, there's a passage of Scripture that ties right in to this. And it says, come near, to me, uh, come near to God, and He will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, all you double-minded. And part of the process of drawing closer to the Lord is, is desiring Him. You know, he, the one thing about God is He'll never force Himself on you. You know, he, he loves you even with all your mistakes, all of the things you've messed up. He says, you know, I, I love you enough to give myself up for you. And I think so many times people, they have this view of God that he's out there to, to make their life miserable. And, and, and I, my favorite passage in the scripture is Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, for I know the plans the Lord has for you, not to harm you, but to prosper you and to give you a future and a hope. And God's desire is that for each and every one of us. And I was thinking about our, our service and our, our month. You know, we're, we're going into January. It's a new start for us. It's a new opportunity for us to, to have a clean slate, you know. Uh, how many of you need a clean slate from 2022, you know? Uh, thank, thank the Lord it's over, you know? Uh, I finished the year off by doing $8,600 worth of damage on my truck by turning into a telephone pole, you know? Right after my birthday, what a birthday present. My wife says, great, your birthday is a $500 deductible, you know? <laughs> but, you know, we, the, the, the old things pass away. Aren't you glad for that? That God gives us a clean start each and every day. And, and, and one of the things that we do in January is we always start off with doing the Daniel fast. And if you don't know what that is, we'll tell you in a little bit about that. But I want to talk to you about why we do it. Because God wants you and I to draw near to Him. He wants us to be passionately, relationally involved with Him in every area of our life. Not just what we do here on a Sunday morning. But what you do at work, what you do with your friends, what you do with your family, what you do when you're watching the 49ers crush the other team today, right? You know, what, no matter what you're doing, God wants you to be passionately involved. And, and there's a process for that. If you look at the book of Hebrews, Hebrews was actually written to the early Christians that had converted and were in the process of converting from Judaism into Christianity. And in the book of Hebrews, it says, he says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22, there's a passage of scripture I want us to look at for a few minutes. And this is really important if you want to draw close to the Lord, because look at what scripture says. It says, let, let us draw near to God. How? With a sincere heart. You know, we just sang about that. We're singing about our heart being drawn to him. You know, do you ever tell someone, you know, your heart's not in it? You know? means basically they have no concern. There's not passionate about it. But God wants us to be passionate about him. And he says, not only that, not only does he want your heart to be in it, but with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. You know, this really is an outline of how we draw closer to the Lord. You know, so many times as people, we like to make it complicated. I remember when my wife and I were university professors, there were a couple professors that they loved to show everyone else how smart they were. You know, 
They talked all the big words and they talked all the big things and they took a, a real simple concept of God's love and made it so convoluted that people couldn't understand it. And that's not what God's word teaches us. God's word wants us to keep it real and simple and keep it about Jesus. That's really what it's about. And so when I was looking at this, I was thinking, what are the things that we do to draw near to God? What are the steps that we take? And you know, it's amazing that this passage of scripture spells it out pretty clearly to us. First thing you need to do is you need to draw near to God with a sincere heart. What is a sincere heart? That's a heart that's dedicated to him. That's a heart that says, you know what, God, I like that last song we just sang, you don't have to be perfect. How many of you out there are perfect? Not one hand up, right? None of us are perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. There's only one that's perfect, and that's Christ Jesus. And when we lean into him and we draw into him and we, we put our heart and our, our, our emotions and our, our whole being into knowing him, that's when we have a revelation of how much he loves us and how much he cares for us. You know, we come to church, and one of the reasons why we gather together is because we have nothing better to do on Sunday morning, right? No, we're all busy people. We come together because we want to encourage one another. We want to build each other up in our most precious faith. And that's what we do when we come together. You know, it's interesting, the psalmist, in the Psalm 23, it's a psalm of ascent. It says, who may ascend to the hill of the Lord and who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. So when we come together, we say, Lord, you know, I don't have to be perfect, but Lord, I, I surrender myself to you. I ask for forgiveness. I ask that I dedicate every part of who I am to you, Lord, and you draw me closer to you. The second thing, when you look at this passage, go to, go to, back to the, the uh, Hebrews chapter 10 there, verse 22. Look at the second portion of that uh, passage. It says, not only do we draw near with a sincere heart, but we come with full assurance that faith brings. Now, what is faith? Faith is that thing that you can't see. Faith is you looking in the mirror and seeing all your mistakes and looking beyond those mistakes and seeing God's grace covering those mistakes so you can be the man or woman that God intended you to be. God, you know, faith is, is, is really, it's so important to be people of faith. If you read further in Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we can't please God unless we are people of faith. And, and how, do we, uh, how do we increase our faith quota? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. So the more you're in the Word of God, the more you allow yourself to be in the presence of God's Spirit by allowing the Word to, to be spoken to you. And I love what Mike Cameron does. Mike, when Mike was working, now that he's, he's almost retired, right, Michael? Uh, he would listen to the Bible as he would drive to and from work. Instead of listening to music, listening to the blues, listening to all the terrible things going on in the world, he would put on worship music or he'd put on the Bible and he'd listen to the scripture because faith comes, and, and there's something about it. You just saturate yourself with it, you know? And what we want to do is we want to cultivate that. That's why we do the Daniel fast every January because we're, we're, we're asking you to just draw closer to him and, and have your faith well up in you. And then if you go on, it says, not only that, look what it says in the third part. It says that having your heart sprinkled, see, the first two things are what we do. If you look at those, you know, it says, go back to verse, uh, 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 chapter 10, verse 22. Look what it says in verse 10, 22. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance of faith that brings. And then it, it, it changes from our responsibility to God's responsibility. You see, the second part of this 
is God's already done the work for you. You know that? You, you know that? God's already done the work. There's nothing you can add to it except walking in his blessing for you. And he says in the second part of it, he says, he says, and then having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. You know something? The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. It's, it's, a, it's, it's done. You don't have to do anything to it. You just have to accept it. You know, and that's, that, that's the hard thing. People try to make it about what they can do. And it's really God's already done the work for you. God's already forgiven you. God's already extended his grace to you. He's already bled and died and was buried and resurrected. And he gives us the Holy Spirit to, to live and to empower us. And he says, not only that, but he says, I want to just completely, completely cleanse you from any guilt. That's why scripture says, I love the, what Paul says to the church in Rome. He says, there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. You know what condemnation is? That's self-guilt. That's you saying that you're not worthy enough and God's saying, no, you are worthy because I've covered you with my blood. I've given you my grace to extend to you so that no matter what happened in your past, no matter how bad it was, no matter how damaging it was, no how hard it was, that my grace is going to cover you with my love and my compassion. Aren't you glad you don't have to live in your past? I thank God that he gives us a new start, not only when we come to faith, but every year we have a new start. Every day you get up, you, you have a choice in what you're going to do that day. Yesterday you may have blown it, but today you can say, you know what, God, today I'm going to walk in everything you have for me. And then the fourth thing we see here is, look what it says at the end of that, that passage. He says, not only are we, we, we being completely uh, 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 sprinkled and cleansed, but I love this. It says, having our bodies washed with pure water. You know, I remember when we used to live over in Santa Cruz, our kids used to go out and play in the woods. And we were both university professors, and we'd get off work, and our kids would get out of school, and they'd swing by my wife's office and raid her purse and go to the store and buy candy for all the, the kids on campus. And then they'd go out in the woods in, in Scotts Valley, and they'd come home, and I remember one day my kids come home, and they went to come in the house, and I said, no, 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 you stand right there. I'm going to go get the garden hose, and you're going to walk around the back of the house, and they stripped down to their underwear, and I sprayed them because they had out playing in the mud, and they were from head to toe covered in mud. And, you know, how many of you want your kids in the house like that, you know? And so I sprayed them all down, and every time I think of this passage, I think of that because, you know, some of us, we've had a lot of filth on us, you know? Your past has been pretty bad. But you know what the beautiful thing is? That the Lord is cleansing us. You know? And I hear people all the time, well, you don't understand. I've done such terrible things. God could never. There is not one sin God cannot forgive. There's not, no matter how bad your past is, God's grace is bigger than that. And what he wants to do is he wants to completely wash us and cleanse us. And he wants to get us to a place where we, we're walking and we're washed in what? In the pure water of his word. You know, the reason we do this Daniel fast is not because, you know, it's, it's not a, we're not doing a cleansing. We're not doing a weight loss thing. It's not like cheaper than Janie Craig, you know. It's none of that stuff. It's so that we can draw closer to the Lord. And there's something that happens to us when we make a dedication in our hearts and in our lives to draw close to God. And so I want to really challenge you that if, if you, uh, you know, I've talked to several people this, this, this last couple weeks. My wife and I started our, our Daniel fast, kind of cutting, cutting out our caffeine. Oh, my. 
That's my biggest, my only big vice I'm aware of, you know, is my caffeine consumption. And my wife, she drinks a couple cups a day, and I drink one cup a day. <laughs> and I drink a few more than her. And my kidneys yesterday were killing me from detoxing, you know. And she says, how many cups do you drink a day? I said, one, two, three, sometimes four. On a good day, five, you know. But basically, whatever you can offer up to the Lord, do that, you know. If you're watching online or if you don't, you didn't get a, one of our little booklets in the front, you can go to our website, and we have a Daniel, uh, Daniel Fast Prayer Guide. It's got some recipes in there. It's got a daily devotional for the next 21 days. You can just follow along and read Scripture and do that. But really, it's about saying, Lord, I want to draw close to you. Lord, I, I, want, I want more of your presence in my life. I want more of your presence in my relationships. I want more of your presence in my thinking. How many of you need more of the Lord in your thought life? You know? Lord, I want more of you in my family. I want more of you in my work. I want more of you in my attitude and the way I treat other people. And that comes by us drawing near to God and asking him to completely just wash us and cleanse us. He's already done it, but we, sometimes we just have to step into that. So this morning, I want to pray for us. Lord, I pray that each and every one of us, Lord, that we can make a de dedication and a decision today to draw closer to you. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would help us, Lord. Lord, some of us are stronger than others. Some of us have been in the faith longer than others. But Lord, we all struggle with certain things in our life. And I ask and I pray that your Holy Spirit would just help each and every one of us, Lord, to draw closer to you. I pray that, God, you would speak to us with such clarity during this month as we set ourselves apart for you, Lord. I pray that, God, you would not allow our, our thoughts to be about what we do eat or don't eat, but, Lord, let it be about us feasting upon you and your word. I pray that, God, you would speak to us very clearly through the scriptures as we read scriptures. I pray that, that during our times of just being quiet and being still in your presence, that, Lord, your Holy Spirit, who longs to speak to us and give us clarity for our life and give us direction, that we would have ears to hear the Spirit of God speaking to us. And, Lord, I ask and pray that you would bless each and every one of us, Lord. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just surround us in a way like we've never been surrounded before. Lord, I know what your Word says. Your Word says that we have to come to you by faith. And Lord, as we draw near to you with that sincere heart, Lord, I pray that our faith would not just be met with your faith, but God, our faith would be enlarged. Father, that, that you would just help us to grow in our understanding of your love for us and your compassion for us and your loving kindness for us and your forgiveness for us. And Lord, your grace that covers us from the crown of our head to the sole of our feet. Lord, I pray that our, our faith would not just be something that is activated on a Sunday, but Lord, every single day of the week as we are, are walking in uh, obedience to you, that God, you would make us the men and women that you've called us to be. And Lord, we just thank you for that, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Aren't you glad for the goodness of God? Aren't you glad that you're in a community of faith that wants to see you grow in your faith? Well, you know, you're all looking too comfortable. Why don't you stand up and greet one another? 
and we're going to welcome you. Welcome to Crossroads. Stand up, introduce yourself to someone. This is only our second Sunday of being regathered together from two services. We want to welcome you. Don't you love the fact that you have brothers and sisters in Christ, you know, that you can gather together, we can gather together here and encourage one another. Hey, how you doing, buddy? You got a dumbbell there, huh? Yeah, look at it, shake that. You've been a worship team soon, yeah. <laughs> hey, we're glad you're here this morning. If you're a visitor or you haven't been here for a while or you have any change of information, if you want to grab one of those communication cards in the back of the pew, and if you want to give us your information, we won't share it with anyone. Uh, we do put out every week a, a newsletter every Friday. It gives you lots of information of things that are going on. It's a great way to be uh, up to date at what's happening. We have small groups that meet. We have uh, groups that meet for hiking. And, and uh, we have groups that meet for eating. We have groups that meet for all kind of stuff. So it's a great opportunity for you to get plugged in. One of the things that I want to encourage you, we're going to do it today, but we only had a couple people do it. If you've read through the scriptures, read through the whole Bible this year, uh, if you want to just put on the communication card, let me know that you did. Next Sunday, we're going to give out some certificates to those that have read through the scriptures for the year and some small gifts to you. Uh, we want to make sure you have that. Uh, so if you've done that, just let us know. Uh, we did mention about the Daniel fast, and let me just say one thing. The Daniel fast is not about religion. It's not about a religious experience. It's about a relationship. And so uh, whatever you can dedicate to the Lord, uh, feel free. There's uh, information in the foyer. There's information on our website. You can find out more about that. I mentioned that earlier. Uh, and then part of the Daniel fast every year that we start doing for the last three years now, uh, we've done the baptism of the Holy Spirit retreat. And I did talk to the retreat center. If you're interested in going, we still have a few slots available they can give us. But I need to know today. So see me after service if you're interested in going to the Baptism of the Holy Spirit retreat. It's a great opportunity for you to draw near to the Lord. It's on uh, Thursday, January 19th, and Friday, January 20th. Uh, it starts Thursday evening. It's in San Juan Batista at a retreat center there. And I talked to them, and their chef is going to have uh, a Daniel Fast-approved uh, food for us. The food there is killer. Uh, you don't go there just for the food, but the food is good, so you'll you'll look forward to that. Uh, 
And then it's a great opportunity just to receive your, your uh, heavenly language. It's a great opportunity. So far, everyone that's gone is, has been filled or refilled. It's been a marvelous time. And uh, I was thinking we probably should have had some people give their testimonies about what God's done in their life since then. Uh, it's powerful what happens when you allow the Holy Spirit to come into your life and lead and guide you in a, a real powerful way. And then on the 27th and the 28th of this month, we have the I Thirst Conference here. This is something we've done how many years? Nine, nine years? This will be the 10th year we've done it. Uh, it's a great uh, Friday and Saturday experience where we uh, gather together and just draw in the presence of the Lord. We're going to have worship. We're going to have times of prayer. We'll have times of seeking the Lord. I want to really encourage you to make every effort you can to be here for this. Uh, we open this up to churches all over the area. We'll have Teen Challenge with us. And then on that Sunday, Teen Challenge Choir will be with us. And that's always a, a real highlight of uh, the end of uh, breaking the Daniel fast. But it's a great opportunity for us to just say, you know what, Lord? I'm going to put out my tithe on January with my time and my energy so that I could draw near to you. So I want to encourage you. Register online. It's a free event. But we, we need to know because we, we get some food and some supplies and things. And we want to make sure everything's ready for you. And then our uh, ministry partners of the, uh, the week, uh, a couple that we can't mention their names due to the sensitivity in their country. Uh, they're in a country that is the, uh, it's got the oldest branch of Islam. Uh, they have a ministry there. They are working in that country. Uh, they are very committed. If you want to pray for them, if you want to see me after uh, we make the announcements, uh, after service, I could tell you the name so you could pray specifically, but we don't want to share that because we don't want to put their lives in danger. You know, uh, some of our ministry partners have gone through some pretty serious persecution, and this is one of the countries that it's, it's actually right below Saudi Arabia. And it's got one of the oldest uh, forms of Islam in the world. And they're out there sharing the gospel with uh, people. They're developing uh, some great friendships and relationships with people. So we need to pray for them. And then also we want to pray for, uh, you may or may not know this, but we have uh, 170, 175 students here at our school, uh, preschool through fifth grade. And uh, we want to pray for them. They had a break. They start back on Monday. Pray for them. Pray for the staff. Pray for the teachers. And, uh, you know, a lot of these families that uh, send their children here, they don't go to church anywhere. They consider the school their church. So it's funny. I was out one, one day at Chili's, and uh, my wife and I were eating, and I kept looking at a little kid, and he was looking at me, and the mom turned, and she goes, do you have a problem with my child? And I'm like, no, no. And, and, and the little, little kid goes, that's, that's, that's the campus pastor. He's the campus grandpa. He's, he's from our, we go to his church. They've never sat in this building on a Sunday but they consider it their church. And we have a relationship, and our teachers need your prayer that they'd help to lead these children to a knowledge and revelation of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And so we want to pray for them. And uh, let's just do that right now. Let's pray for the country of Oman and for our schools. Father, we bless uh, our partners in Oman right now. We pray, that God, you would give them favor, bless their home, bless their finances, bless their ministry, bless their relationships, God. 
We pray you'd keep them safe from harm and evil, and we pray that, Lord, you would minister to them in a supernatural way. We pray that all their resources would be needed, both uh, spiritual, financial, and relational. Lord, we commit them to you, and we pray a covering over them as they reach people for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, Lord, we want to pray for our school, for the teachers and the students and the families that uh, call this school their home. We bless them, Lord, and we pray that, God, you would use them to spread the gospel around uh, the South Valley, and we just uh, surrender them to you, Lord, as they start a new uh, school year, starting classes on Monday. Just bless them in a supernatural way, Lord. Amen. Well, bless you. Uh, we're going to wait upon you for your tithes and offerings. The ushers are going to come forward. If you have a prayer or communication that you want to share with us, you can drop that in the offering, and uh, Pastor Lynn will be up after that to preach, and then we're going to have uh, communion at the end of service. So let's pray for the offering. Lord, we bless this offering. We bless both the gift and giver. We pray, Lord, that you would bless it to your uh, advancement of your kingdom. I pray that we would be good stewards and managers of the resources, both here and abroad and all of our partners, Lord, the great things that you want to do through this church. And Lord, I pray that you would bless each and every person's finances, Lord. Help us to be the best stewards and managers of the resources that you've entrusted to us, Lord. Now bless both the gift and the giver, Father, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. God bless you as you give. Praise the Lord. Offering's still being taken, so keep going ahead and doing that. We're just going to go ahead and get into the Word. Praise the Lord. We're in 2023. Woo. Amen. God has great things for you. God has great things for us. You know, uh, during this January, it's interesting because giving January to the Lord, maybe a little bit more than January, maybe January and half of February, is a tithe of our year, isn't it? Yes, it is, Pastor Lynn. It's a tithe. 10% is a tithe. So one out of 10 is a tithe. So 12 months would be one and a half. Uh, yeah. Okay. You got it. So, so I say to you, let's give January really devoted in our time to the Lord. Well, you know what? We're going to do that. Because the Lord wants to do incredible things. We sing songs, show me your glory. We sing these songs, but you know, they can just become words to us rather than how we are to encounter the true and living God. Because the Lord is real. He is the same God. He is the same God that was with Moses. He's the same God that dwelled with Jesus, Jesus being God. He's the same God that was with the Apostle Paul. He's the same God to us today get you fired up one way or the other. I know you all detox and some of you are detoxing caffeine. I detoxed it myself. You know, one thing that the Lord said to me during uh, worship was this, for some of you, some of you have some addictions that need to be broken. Maybe it's not, well, I don't have, I don't need to go to, you know, Teen Challenge, you know, I don't need to go to something. I'm not necessarily talking about an addiction as maybe 
uh, life controlling as that, but some of you have addictions in thought lives. It's going to get quiet in here really fast because we're going to go deep and we're going to go clean, right? Some of us have addiction to negativity. Some of us have addiction to despair and foreboding spirit. Some of us have some addictions in our thought life that the Lord wants to break off and give you a transformed mind during this month. And that's why the Daniel fast is important. You know, Pastor David, you know what's interesting about our journeys together? Pastor David became a Christian later on in his life as a young adult. I was a Christian since I'd been four. I remember when I gave my life to Christ since I was four. And... Um, the thing is about the Daniel fast is, yes, we are not to be legalistic. It should not be what's controlling us is the food management of it. At the same time, I want us to be uh, crucifying the flesh in this month. So if you get through this, Daniel, and you're not crucifying the flesh, you're not doing it. You know what I mean? We got to be crucifying the flesh, right? Where it's a part of, of saying, you know, I'm sacrificing so that more of the Spirit will dwell in me. Amen. We're going to hit it hard. I can't wait to get to January. January is my favorite month of the year. We're going to talk about loving, loving God. We're in a new series of God's love. We believe that this is where the Holy Spirit wants to lead our church because I believe through the love of God and what the love of God actually means in our lives and through our lives is how we're going to reach people for Jesus. It's through the love, not the judgment of God, but through the love of God. How do we know this? Because John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world... He did not come to judge or condemn. He loved the world. Listen, the judgment day will come. It's going to come, but it's not now. This is the time and the season of the love of God. So how does that begin? Well, the truth is this. We've got to know what it means to love God. Loving God. In this message is actually is loving God getting honest. That's really what the message is. Loving God, getting honest. Because if you go out and you had maybe a microphone, maybe a camera, maybe you're going to tell people you're going to put it on reels or on, you know, whatever, YouTube, and you're interviewing people, and you ask them, do you love God? They would, most people would say, yes. I love God. Why not? I'll love God. Whatever that means to them is really what it's all about. Whatever that means, right? Whatever God means, whatever love means. So they would easily agree with that. But really, we got to get down deep with what the Word of God says about loving God. And we also need to get real, honest with ourselves about whether we are truly loving God according to what the Word of God says. Not our version of it, not our interpretation of it, but what does Jesus say? We're going to really hit it hard in that these are most of the, the scriptures, not all, but most of the scriptures are Jesus' words of what it means to love Him, to love God. So we're going to go deep. We're going to get clean. We're going to 
this month. Embrace the Holy Spirit's cleansing stream, which doesn't make you weaker. It makes you stronger when we do that. You know, um, I want you to truly be muscle Christians in a very tore-up world, in a very uh, unstable environment that we are in, and many people are trying to pray away the instability. But according to the Word of God, that there are going to be groans and pains as the end times come, and Jesus prophesied about it. And so you, in the midst of all of that, are not going to be tossed to and fro. You're not going to be shattered. You're going to be an oak of righteousness, a muscle Christian, stable in all of your ways. Why? Because you know how to love God. And you have his word hidden in you. And not just for you, but for your children and for your whole household. But we've got to recognize and get honest about are we loving God the way that we are supposed to? So it begins with loving the Lord with all. A-L-L. -L. Matthew 22, 36 through 39. Matthew 22. There we go. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all. Now let's stop there. All. All. 100%. Of your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. We're going to get to the second, love your neighbor as yourself, later. Not in this message. Later down in the series. Because unless you know how to love God with all, it is really really difficult in your flesh to truly be able to love your neighbor unconditionally. Because part of the neighbor, the definition of neighbor, is the parable of the Good Samaritan. It's a parable of your neighbor being your enemy sometimes. And it's hard to get there if you don't love God with all. So we're going to talk about loving God with all. And I want to just give some definitions here. Heart. What is scriptural? How does the scripture actually define the heart? I got it up here for you. But it is the, the, all the components together. Your heart is actually the control center of your life. It's the seat of life and strength. It's the home of your personal life. And it's actually, when we say control center, it's where everything actually meets. Your mind, emotions, will, spirit, all meet at the concept or what scriptures calls the heart. So he begins with the big thing, that heart. That's where everything gathers together. Soul is your emotional center. It is specifically the place of your conscious body, your emotions, mind. It's where your thoughts, perceptions, reasoning, and your decisions take place. So when you put those things together all, I love God with all my decisions. Do you? I love God with all of my thoughts. Right? I love God with how I deal with my emotions. Come on. All right. So loving God, loving God can be boiled down in a sense when Jesus speaks about this, 
with all is that there's a strong component of surrender. There's a strong component of surrender. So in other words, I surrender my heart to the Lord. I surrender my soul or my emotions to the Lord. I surrender my mind, my thoughts, my decisions to the Lord. And only in the surrender can we truly love. Only in the surrender. Because we can't give all if we're not surrendered. If we're holding something back, then we're not giving all, are we? No, we're holding something back. And Jesus said all, surrendering the heart. You know, Jesus set the example. He was the example of surrender. That's why it was the, a very significant verse in Scripture that he says when he, before he goes to the cross to his Father, he says, not my will, but your will be done. That's super powerful because in other areas he says he loves the Father. And in that, it shows the, that he surrenders all of himself, even when he wants that cup to pass from him, even when life brings us stuff we don't want to do, we don't like that's happened, we don't understand in those moments to love God is to surrender it to him. And Jesus shows us that. John 5, 19, it says this. Jesus showing his surrender. I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing. He lived his life in surrender to the father because he loved the father. We live our lives, let's go back to what Jesus says, love your, the Lord your God with all. We are to live a life of surrender. And that doesn't just mean Pastor David and Pastor Lynn because we work for the church. It means each one of you, whatever your assignment is, the Lord wants you to live a life of surrender because when you live a life of surrender, it's where you're going to find the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through you. So Jesus' love for the Father is expressed in his surrender and in his obedience to the Father. If we're going to boil down love, how we love God, it's not how excited we can get when a good song comes on. It's not how excited we can get when we get maybe a bonus we didn't ex expect or a promotion or a contract but rather it's boiled down to surrender and obedience. That's how Jesus, I'm talking Jesus, defines love. Okay, let's look at this. Because the fact is this, our love for Jesus is very shallow without surrender and obedience. It's very shallow. And it becomes a problem when we have shallow love, when it comes to being able to persevere and have spiritual durability in life. It becomes a problem because you will face storms. I will face storms. You may want to play dodgeball about that. You may want to do everything possible to not have a storm. But the truth about it is that storms are a part of life. Now, Jesus addresses this. Let's see how he does that. Matthew 7, 24 through 27. Therefore, 
everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, hears and does, is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice. So do you understand? It's a doing of the word. Is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. Now, there's some givens in this story. The given is there's a house. The given is there's a storm. The given is there is a word. The word that has been they've heard and what they've decided to do with so everybody in this story has all those givens. But what makes the difference is what they do with what they hear. That makes the difference is how well they do in the storm. Jesus is telling you, listen, if you embrace my word and not just hear it, but do my word. Make it a part of your life when the storm comes. Because it's going to come. It's going to show forth what kind of foundation you have in your life. Because the truth is this. The foundation or the soil had to do with either being rock or sand. And that soil had to do with what, what kind of heart received the word. Whether it was going to be an obedient heart, or whether it's a heart or a person that just hears but does nothing about the word. Now, these are Jesus' words. I'm saying over this house, I don't want crashing homes. And we all kind of know about this. We've had some storms lately. As you saw some of the piers going down in Capitola and the thing. We know that there are storms. We have some good illustrations. But I'm going to say over you in your home, as a person individually, in your family, in your marriage, for your children, for your business, that the Lord wants you to stand strong in the storm, but you must obey his word. Don't deceive yourselves. Don't deceive yourself that you can sit here or listen week after week and do nothing with the word. Don't deceive yourself. Actually, James 1.22 says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Oh, Pastor Lynn, this is going to be too good 2.23. Yes, it is because you're going to see God's glory in your life. And how you see God's glory in your life is that when you hear the word, you receive it in good soil, and it takes root in you, and it becomes fruitful. One thing that's really big right now, if you're a gym goer, if you're a faithful gym goer, you recognize that now there's a lot more people in the gym. All of a sudden, it got crowded but if you are a faithful gym goer, you will say, oh, in a good month, it's going to wane again. How many years have I gone to gym? Decades. And it always wanes. You'll have these very zealous people 
coming into the gym. But you know what I've noticed about gym membership, which is a lot like church sometimes, that, well, I have a membership. Now, whether I go doesn't matter because somehow the fact that I have a membership is okay. Somehow that's going to make me healthy and strong. Just the fact that I have a membership. So some people, and the gyms count on this, by the way, they just pay their membership year after year after year, but they never go into the gym. Some of you are really listening now. There's others who go to the gym. I always like to watch these people because you know they're new to the gym. And they don't really want to sweat at all. They don't want to be uncomfortable at all. And you know, any of you that physically work out or need, want the benefits, you got to get uncomfortable. Woo, no amen to that. Okay, by the way, if you want a benefit, you're going to have to sweat. You're going to get the heart rate up. You're going to have to put some time and energy into this thing. You're going to have to put some commitment into this. But I see these people come into the gym. I saw this one guy, so funny, watching him. He'd get on one machine for 10 seconds and decide, too hard, go to another machine for another 10 seconds. Too hard, didn't like that one. I knew he was a newbie. I could tell he was a newbie because the fact is this, he thought just by walking around in that gym, just by coming into these doors, somehow transformation is going to happen to me if I put on my right clothes, put on my new whatever clothes that I got from uh, Nike or whatever, and if I walk around, I'm going to benefit. But the truth is this, not until you start committing and working it out, do you benefit? And it's in the same way with the Word of God in your life. You can sit here and listen, but until you embrace it and say, you know, I'm going to sweat this Word out. I'm going to let it change me. I'm going to let it transform my heart, my soul, my mind, what I do with my life. Then there is benefit. Come on. Loving the Lord is loving his word. Loving the Lord is loving his word. Now, you say, well, Pastor Lynn, okay. All right, I'm committed. Okay. But how do I surrender? Okay, tell me. Break it down for me. How do I surrender? I'm going to tell you. You surrender through knowing the word of God and applying his word. You've got to be in a place, in an atmosphere where the Holy Spirit moves, where the word is preached, so that you can learn surrender. That's why we want you here. There has been a whole era of time in the church. You don't need to be in a body. You don't need to be committed. You, you know what? The enemy wants you isolated. He wants you out there on your own so that he can deceive you, so that he can weaken you, so that he can destroy you. And the fact is this, part of the development of your Christian walk is being a part of community. Three, I like to call it 360 degree community. Because you don't see what's on your back. You wished you did. But you don't see what's on your backside. You don't see areas of your life. But you know when you have trusted brothers and sisters, they can help you. And you know, when you go through a storm, because not all of us go through the same storms at the same time, that during your storm, you have people around you to encourage you in the Word of God. 
Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. It's interesting because even back then when Paul's writing this, they're thinking Jesus is going to return. They're, still, they're thinking that. Now, look how far we were down. We're gone all these years later. And you know what? We see signs. I'm not even going to go into that. We see signs, end time signs. How much more do we need to be together encouraging one another? He says stirring up. It's interesting, the stirring up. In other words, so that you do not become stagnant. Be around other believers because they're going to stir up your faith so that you don't become a stagnant pond, so that you don't become mediocre, so that you don't become spiritually lazy. Come and be together and encourage to make one another courageous. Encourage to provide, encourage meaning to build up each other's confidence in serving God. It's important. We need accountability. Every last one. Pastor David and I need accountability. Every person needs an accountability. The enemy wants you to be isolated. Proverbs 27, 17 says this. Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. It is vital. In these days, it is vital. There are so many deceptions out there. There are so many things trying to sway the believer. Actually, even Scripture says that in the last days that there are people that are going to fall away. Well, I'm going to tell you over this house, we're not going to fall away. We're going to preach His Word. We're going to keep our eyes on Jesus. We're going to do the things. We're going to surrender. We're going to obey. We're going to be an oak of righteousness. We're going to be muscle Christians. That's what we're going to build together. If you come to this house and say, I just want to check the box. You're in the wrong house. We're not a religious house. We're not, we're into living it out. Living it out. Encouragement, encouraging one another in the things of the Lord means that I'm not going to let you remain in your own echo chamber. You know what echo chamber is, right? You hear your own voice. I'm not going to let you remain in your own echo chamber. It's bad when somebody's in their own echo chamber. Sometimes with mental illness you find this. This isolation and the people in their despair or whatever are in their own echo chamber. And the fact is this, when we're in a community of faith, we're not in our own echo chamber because we are able to speak the truth in love to one another. Grace and truth. We help stimulate stimulate one another into moving forward to develop one another to provide support for one another so important see loving God is directly connected to the community of faith because the community of faith helps us to love God loving the Lord is applying the word to your life Jesus says this John 14 15 if you love me, you will keep my commandments. This is what he says. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. So if you're not keeping my commandments, what? You don't really love me. You may say you love me, but you don't love me. 
Luke 8, 4 through 15. Another parable that Jesus talks about that's related, actually, to the, the parable of the, the storm and the, the house built. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky soil, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plant. Still, other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God have been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, so that, though seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. I want you to see, see this parable. And I want you to ask yourself, who am I? What kind of soil? See, the seed is the same. The seed is the word. Not different words, the same word. But that same seed falls on different soil. And the results are based upon the condition of the heart. You know, the truth is this. Same seed, different soil, same word, different heart. I want you to know that you hear the word of the Lord in this house every week. You hear it every week. I feel like this is a maturing thing. And the Lord is saying, you know what? What kind of soil are you having here? When you're going through a testing, are you allowing the word to choke out the seed that I have given you promise and you have allowed the word of that testing and what the world says about that testing to take root rather than the seed of my word? Or when you go through maybe worries or maybe when you have pleasures and riches and wealth that's coming to you, are you allowing those things to be your priority and begin to choke out the word of God in your life? See, the fact is this. The seed of the word is not just one time, but it's going to come often to us. It's interesting, Jesus talks about four seed. The first never actually takes root. So there's two, one that gets really excited about it, but it's super shallow, in a shallow grave, takes off. And then the next seed, the third seed, stays for a bit, but then gets distracted or desirous with the other seeds of the world trying to be planted into them. See, the world's also trying to plant seeds in your life. 
That's why it's important for you to recognize the seed of the word of the Lord is not only to be listened to, it's to be obeyed. Now, he finally talks about the final seed. The final seed that has a good and noble heart. Remember, Jesus said, what did he say about loving him? Loving God. Love God with all your, first thing he says is heart. He goes on and he says, in this parable, those with a good and noble heart hear the word, retain it, and persevere in the word. Not just hear the word, but retain it, let it go deep, and then when it comes to decision making, remember, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. When it comes to how you feel about something, when it comes to what your decision to be made, your good and noble heart retains the word and produces a harvest, produces fruitfulness. See, it's important not only that we listen, but that we retain the word. And then we persevere in the word. God says... Circumstances come, storms come, challenges come, things trying to seduce me. But God said, family, God said, this is what the word says. We're going to stand on his word. We're not going to stand on the things of this world. We're not going to stand on, on the, 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 the trends of this world. We're, God has said we persevere in the word. It's interesting because sometimes people think they don't have to persevere in the word. Persevere means I'm going to have to continue to move forward believing God's word before I see the fruitfulness. So many times we want quick answers from God. We want it quick. We want, if God doesn't do it in a timely manner, if we want, we want a Mick God. We want Mick God to show up. God, you do it when I want you to do it. You do it in a certain time, and if you don't, then I'm going to do my thing. But this says, persevere in the word. It's interesting because Jesus says, this type of heart, this type of soil is not majority status. It's not majority status. Because he tells us about four different soils. And he only says one type has a noble and good heart. This is what he else says. Then he goes on and he says this. Luke 8, 16 through 18. For nothing is hidden that will not be disclosed. Nor is anything secret that will not become known and come to light. Then pay attention to how you listen. I thought it's interesting why Jesus would choose to say, pay attention to how you listen. Not only that you listen. Oh, I hear you, Pastor Lynn. I hear you. But how are you listening? Pay attention to how you listen. For, those, for to those who have, more will be given. And from those who do not have, even what they seem to have will be taken away. Let me just say this. This is what Jesus is, some of his conclusions here. He's given us a season, and I've seen this happen in the lives of believers. See, the seed of the word is a cleansing stream. We talked about that at the beginning, the cleansing stream of the word. The Holy Spirit wants to cleanse our lives. And he says here, Jesus says, for nothing is hidden that will not be disclosed. You know, 
I want you as a believer to get to the places nothing is hidden, Lord. Do you understand what I mean? I don't got a secret place where I'm doing my own thing. But nothing is hidden. What a great month to say, Lord, nothing is hidden. Cleanse every part. Because the Lord gives seasons where he said, he, it's, it's a mercy season, it's a grace season, but he gives a season where he is giving to us a word, and that word is to be acted upon. Maybe it has to do with some area of your life of disobedience, some area of change that needs to be happening in your life. He gives you a season of bringing the word, and he brings it again and again, and you hear it again and again. But in your choice, you decide not to respond to that word. He says, you know what, there's going to be a time when what is hidden is going to come to the surface. We read about those things all the time in the news. It's hidden, hidden, hidden. Plenty of opportunity to make a change. Plenty of opportunity to straighten it out. But they did it. And it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And the Lord is saying, listen, I send my word to bring freedom to you. The truth sets you free. But how you listen to the word is extremely significant. Why? Because you can listen with a hard heart. You can listen with an arrogant heart. You can listen with a proud heart. And how you listen to the word has to do with whether that word is going to take root in your life and cultivated in your heart and produce a harvest. This is the season right now, right here. January 2023, where the Lord says, I'm giving you a season where I'm sending my word and I want you to respond to it in obedience and allow my cleansing to come. Be good soil. How you listen. Don't play dodgeball with the word. You know what? Dodgeball. You played dodgeball before? You don't want to get hit with the ball. You're out, right? A lot of us act like when the prophetic word, preaching of the word, woo, that didn't quite apply to me. Oh, but I could justify that. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. I know because I'm human too. And you hear the word and you go, hmm, how much of this should I apply? How much of this should I implement? How you listen, listen. Are you willing to receive what Jesus has for you? Because he sends his word. Jesus came. Actually, we just celebrated uh, Christmas. Jesus is the word. John tells us, John 1, 11 and 12, he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So he says there's a lot of people that didn't receive the word. But there were some with those good and noble hearts that received the word. And they became powerful children of God. And we say, well, Pastor Lynn, we're believers. I'm a Christian. I've received Christ as my Savior. Yes, but there's always more word he has for you. 
See, it's not I receive his word once, done. It's I continue to receive his word in my life. I continue to have his word cleanse my life. Actually, Jesus says in his prayer in John 17, 17, he says this. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Sanctify. What does that mean? Cleanse them with the word. Cleanse them with the truth. This is his prayer. This was his prayer for his followers before he goes to the cross. And it's his prayers for all the followers from that point to 2023. Sanctify them by the word. See, you say, okay, how do I surrender? How do I obey? Receive the word. Retain the word. Persevere in the word. Love the Lord your God with with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. That's how we grow in him. That's how we become strong in him. That's how we become stout, a muscle Christian in him. That's how we work out and become strong. Woo, I'm preaching hard for you. We're going to get ready for communion in a minute. But last week, I prophesied something. How many of you remember? It's not a test. It's not a condemnation if you didn't remember. How many of you, though, remembered the prophetic word? Maybe it was really, it was a very specific word. But remember the prophetic word that I spoke. Just raise your hand. Okay. It had to do with land, right? Land acquisition or land sale. And I thought about the word that went forth on the first day of the year. And I want to read to you the scripture that I read during last week's prophetic word. Deuteronomy 6, 3 through 12. So those of you that missed it, this is what it says. Hear Israel... And be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey. Just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? What Jesus said, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. When the Lord your God brings you into the land, he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you a land with large flourishing cities, you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide, wells you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. Then when you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. When you get the prosperity and the blessing and the riches and the wealth, may the seed of God be in you. May those things not steal your devotion to the Lord. Do you understand the connection? 
The connection is the same thing that Jesus talks about the seed. See, Jesus is the word. He's the word all the way through Old Testament and New Testament. He is the word. And he's talking about the same thing when he says the commandments, the greatest commandments. He's talking about the things when he says, when I'm blessing your family, when I'm blessing your lives, do not let the seed of my word be choked out by the pleasures and the riches and the good things that come to your life. The word. This house, if you haven't noticed, is very unique. It's a prophetic house in that the prophetic word goes forth. The prophetic word is a word for from the Lord for this moment, for this time, for this people. And in Isaiah. This is what it says, Isaiah 55, 11. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. The Lord wants his word to go on noble and good hearts so that there is fruitfulness. He wants you to bear much fruit. You know, I've been around a lot of negative Christians who actually believe that somehow abundant life isn't for now. I'm thinking, Jesus said, I, 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 do, I am actually pretty uh, literal. Jesus said, I have come that in your messed up, broken world, I have come that you might have life and life abundantly. You don't need the culture around you to give you life abundantly. It comes from here. This comes from the seed on the good and noble heart and says, you know what? The culture, the circumstances tell me this, but your word tells me this. Woo! You're a winner. You are not below. You are above. You are not the tail. You are the head, but you got to believe the word. If you want to receive, you've got to believe. And you've got to pursue in the Word. Let me just give you another illustration. One last thing. This week, some of you that are part, that get my Women of the World newsletter, um, got a sense, an immediate need that I expressed. Immediate need that had to do with one of our partners, Light Life Freedom in Delhi that had to do with their facility and uh, an inspection and some problems that I needed immediately, $4,000. Now, let me just say this. Designated money always goes where it's designated, always. So I don't go, well, this is a need, so I'm going to go take it from, no. It's like it's not there, it's not there. It's not in their account, it's not in their account. That's how it works. Have a lot of integrity. When it comes to finance, a lot. I am fierce in that. So I said, you know what? The need came. Pastor Dave was like, you know, Lynn, we don't have it. I said, I know we don't have it. And he goes, you know, maybe we should just tell him we don't have it. And I said, and you know what? In the moment, I thought, boy, would it be easy just to say, we don't have it. Sorry. We just, this time around, we just don't have it. 
But the Lord said to me, and it was in the morning when this happened, in the early morning, he said, all you need to do is send out one email. You just send out one email to your followers. And if you do that, the resources will come in in one day. I send out a lot of emails. I send out a lot of requests for needs. And did you know, within hours, the need was met. You know why? Because I believed the word. I could have said, I'm not going to try. I don't believe that. I think it's my imagination. But no, I said, you know what? I'm going to send it out. And I did. And within hours, actually, came downstairs. It was early afternoon. Came downstairs, maybe later afternoon. Pastor David, and I said, guess what? He said, what? We raised all the money. He said, what? We raised all the money. I sent it out. Sending it out. Because you believe the word. In your life, the word is coming to you. And whether you believe it has to do with whether you are going to allow it to take root, retain it, persevere in it, and love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, meaning I will obey your word. I will surrender to your word. When my decisions come, when thoughts come, when things come in my life, I don't over here in some sort of other place make decisions. I make those decisions through your word, through all, all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. Ushers, come forward. We're going to give communion here. You can just remain seated as you're getting your communion, but Rebecca's going to sing the song, Have Your Heart, Have My Heart. And I selected this song because the Lord wants all of you. He wants all of you. Every part of you. It's not a mystery how to be strong in the Lord. It's not. It's very clearly stated. In this time of communion, you say, hold your communion elements. In this time, though, what I want you to do right now is I want you to Get honest with the Lord. Are there things that need to be broken? Like I said, is there some sort of bad behaviors or addictions or things in your life that you are in the dark that the Lord is saying, I'm sending my word. I'm tapping on this thing because I want us together to take care of it so that I don't have to bring it to the surface. I'm being real. I'm getting real with you. Or there are areas where you allow the seed of the word to be stolen from your life and you default to letting the testings take you away from what God has promised. You uh, allow the, the worries of life to take you away from what God has spoken and the Lord is saying, persevere in it. I want you to do some self-reflection right now, some reflection with the Holy Spirit, and then Pastor David is going to lead you in communion. You 
that has a wafer and a glass of juice but what it represents is so much more it represents what Jesus gave for you and I his all so that you can have life and life abundantly so that you can walk in freedom so that your sins can be forgiven that you can have a fresh start I don't play golf but there's a term called the mulligan where you after you hit the ball and it doesn't go where you want to, you can drop it and take another swing and not count it against your score. You know, what, talk about an ultimate mulligan that God's given us. And this morning as we begin our Daniel fast and we celebrate what Christ has done for us, I just want to challenge us. In the next 21 days, give him your all and see what happens. Just see what happens. Every year we have this Daniel fast, there are amazing things happens in the, in the lives of people in our church because they say, you know what, I'm going to be serious with God. So Lord, we know what scripture says. The scripture says that when we take communion, we should not take it in a manner that's unworthy, but we should examine ourselves. And so Lord, right now, before we take the bread, we ask that Father, you would search our heart. And Lord, if there's any area in our heart, any area in our lives that is unpleasing to you, that Lord, right now we ask for forgiveness. 
And Lord, we know that you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So Lord, right now, if there's any areas in our lives, we just ask that you would extend to us your forgiveness and your grace over that area. Lord, we confess it and we ask that you would forgive us for not living up to being the man or the woman that you've called us to be. Lord, it's not about age, it's about intimacy. And Lord, we ask that no matter how long we've known you, that Lord, we would love you with all of our heart. That Lord, we'd love you and would let your word get into every nook and cranny of our life, Lord. And so right now, Lord, as we celebrate communion, we bless this bread that represents your body, which was given for us. And we ask that, Lord, as we take this bread, that our bodies would be nourished and we'd be strengthened to be the men and women that you've called us to be in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Shall we partake of the bread? Jesus was betrayed he took a cup and he said this cup represents a new covenant which was given for you today is a new day a fresh start for each and every one of us yesterday is gone today is here and tomorrow is our, our, our promise of what God wants for us the one thing I know about the Lord he'll never force us to do something against our will but like he prayed when he was in the garden, not my will, but yours be done. May that be our prayer. May the will of the Lord for each and every one of your lives be that you would listen to his voice, that still small voice and the, the thunderous applaud of all the other voices around us, that still small voice, you could turn your ear to hear it and you would follow it. So Lord, we bless this cup which represents your blood, which was given for us. Lord, let our hearts, let our minds, let our ears always hear you. May we be the, the fourth seed that was planted in good soil. May we never stray from your love for us or our love for you. And Lord, we take this cup as a remembrance of what you did on the cross for us. In Christ's name shall we take. Thank you. Why don't we stand and Pastor Rebecca, lead us in that song as a song of dedication.
Does he have your heart? Does he have your plans? Does he have your dreams? You got it, Lord. You know what? Really letting this word go deep into you, not be snatched away, persevering in it will produce a harvest. It is what Jesus said. It is what he has promised. Now it's up to us. It's up to us. If you need prayer, as I dismiss service, we have a prayer team available to pray with you for any special needs or any needs that you may have. Let's bow our heads. Lord, 2023 is going to be an awesome year. It's going to be awesome. It's already awesome. You've already started doing miracles, Lord. And Father, may we not get distracted or miss out on what you're wanting to do in our lives. May we not be spectators of the seed going into others' lives and then wishing it had happened for us when you have promised that the seed going into our life would produce a harvest. But we have to persevere in it, Lord. Lord, we ask through this time of communion that you have cleansed us, Father, as we leave this place, go into our lives, into our assignments. May we love you with all. As we make decisions, as we conduct our business, as we work in our place of employment, as we manage people, whatever our assignment may be, may we love you with all. We thank you, Father, for what you're going to do. And we have great expectations entering into this new year. In your name, amen. God bless you. Have a great day. If you need prayer, we have a prayer team available. Oh, oh.
You can have my heart. 